Moncrief on News Talk. Now, a new exhibition has uh, just opened at Epic, the Irish Immigration Museum, called They Gave the Walls a Talkin'. It's been in preparation for the past year, but has a spectacular resonance. A collaboration between Hot Press and Epic, it tells the story of the Irish diaspora in Britain, the music explosion in London of the 70s and 80s, which of course includes the Pogues. We're joined by Deputy Editor of Hot Press, Stuart Clark. Afternoon, Stuart. Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, so I assume that the, the, the exhibition is kind of putting this in a, a, a in, in a temporal and, and social context as to what was going on in London at the time. Absolutely. It's interesting for me because I was that punk rocker running around London too in 1977. I was at a Clash gig and I saw this strange-looking fella, striking, called Shano Hooligan. And he was selling <laughs> his bondage uh, fanzine. And not long after, I saw him playing with the Nipple Erectors. So that was Shane in his early days. Uh, he quite enjoyed wearing Union Jack blazers. I mentioned this to him more recently. He wasn't too impressed, but he, he did wear the <laughs> Union Jack on, on occasion back then. And famously had half his earlobe bitten off at a gig, uh, which made the headlines and photos and the NME and sounds and everything. And that was punk rock announcing itself, uh, not very politely. Yeah, and so the, the Nipple Erectors, they, when they... If- if you like, a, a classic punk band then? No, they were a bit of a pro. I mean, they were and they weren't. They had a punk crowd, a punk look. They, they, they shortened the name to the Nips to get a bit more airplay. But even, you know, I was 14 or 15, drinking lots of cider, and I could go, those lyrics are a bit more advanced than the average punk sort of rhyme. Mm. And there's something about the guy. He had charisma. It was ramshackle, but I thought, they, they, this bloke, oh, Shane O'Hooligan, he's a bit of a star. And then I heard nothing of him until someone sent me a Pogues record. I was working on Pirate Radio in Tremor, and I was like, oh, my goodness, that's Mr. O'Hooligan. He's actually Mr. McGowan. And also there was this huge explosion out of punk. Uh, Spider Stacy, of course, one of the Pogues, was in a band called the Millwall Chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But, <laughs> the names are fantastic alone. <laughs> they're just brilliant. But, you know, that sort of Irish, London Irish, Mancunian Irish thing was Kate Bush, The Cure, Dexys Midnight Runners, Banana Rama, Boy George, Elvis Costello, The Smiths. And it was interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine who's London Irish, and he was saying that growing up in London, he felt kind of stateless. He wasn't really Irish. He wasn't really English. Mm. And it was kind of like, where do I fit in? The Pogues came along and he had his tribe. And I've said this a, a bit on various radio things. I think the reason people bought into Shane and, and love him so much is he spoke for the outcast, mm. the underdog, whether it's a young kid on the game, maybe, you know, Rent Boys and things like that, the old main drag, or the McAlpine Fusilier, who left Kerry in 1950 was drinking a bit too much, wasn't sending the money home, couldn't go home, and was there age 70 in a bed sit or sleeping rough. Shane articulated that London Irish condition so eloquently. Yeah. Even the way, I mean, leaving aside uh, um, the sophistication of his lyrics, and, and, you know, you kind of, you'd almost miss the sophistication uh, uh, sometimes, but the, the way he sang sounded a bit like the way any of those characters might sing a song themselves, if you know what I mean. It, it, it had that kind of roughness, and, and but pathos to it as well. There's a great documentary that came out two or three years ago called Crock of Gold by Julian Temple. And Shane's explaining his 
sort of modus operandi. And of course, it's set up against the backdrop of enormous prejudice towards the Irish. It had been there for centuries anyhow, but the IRA, sort of the, the troubles had exacerbated it. And his philosophy was, if you want Paddy, I'll give you effing Paddy. Yes. So it's almost <laughs> weaponizing his Irishness. One of the things we've been really keen to do with this exhibition, and I think it's the same with someone like Amy Winehouse or Sinead O'Connor, it's easy to reduce someone like Shane to a, a cartoon caricature. Mm. But we wanted to stress the fierce intellect and the wicked sense of humour. Yeah. Now, that, now obviously, the timing for you was disastrous in, in, for an, an obvious reason. And, and did you then kind of postpone the planned opening and then kind of wonder what to do about it? Well, the bizarrest thing um, is I was given the new issue of Hot Press, the current issue, with the pose on the cover, which came out on the Thursday. And an alive and well, Shane was meant to read it in his bed. And mm. as I picked it out the box, someone said, I think he's just died. So, I mean, the timing was, was kind of eerie. Um, we consulted with Victoria Mary and the McGowan family, who have been wonderful helping us put this together. They've collaborated and they said, look, no, we'd like it to go ahead. We'll get the funeral out of the way. And then if people are over the funeral or just want to go and immerse themselves in the pogues, and, it, and it's obviously not just shade. It's easy to think the pogues were really shade and a few other, but it wasn't. Mm. It was the chemistry they created. Take away any member of that band and it would have been a different pogues and maybe not the band that we love. So it's also saying how wonderful Terry Woods was, Philip Chevron, Jem Finer, Catch O'Rean, and of course Shane, you know, holding the whole thing kind of together. One of the things in, in the current hot press, and there's a, a video version in the exhibition, which I think is beautiful, Nick Cave and Shane became wonderfully close friends. And I'd consider Nick Cave to be possibly the finest songwriter of his generation. But he was saying, no, 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 I'm a mere novice compared to Shane. Mm. He's the governor. And we heard that from Springsteen and Dylan, all these incredible songwriters saying, you know what? Shane was made of the right stuff. And if, if they're saying that, you know he was made of the right stuff. Yeah, and, and people probably, uh, lots of people listening will have seen uh, Nick Cave's performance at the funeral, um, uh, during the funeral mass. Uh, where... Oh, it was just, I mean, you, know, you could hear a, a pin drop. It was wonderful. There's also quite a bit about fairy tale of New York. I did not know that the original plan was for the Pogues to cover the band's Christmas must be tonight. But Jem Finer and, you know, Shane sort of hatched this idea. And Steve Lillywhite, who's also interviewed, you know, on the video screen to the exhibition, explains how the song evolved. Uh, it, it's fascinating. I also didn't know that among the various cover versions of that song, the Wurzels covered it. <laughs> and wow. Now, it's not as bad as Ronan Keating's version, <laughs> yes. but it's kind of neck and neck almost. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. uh, did they use the F word, you know, that controversial line? I can't quite remember now. Yeah. I, I think I got about 30 seconds in <laughs> and I was in such a state of shock that the rest of it is a blur. But we unearthed a few, you know, great pub quiz kind of facts during the research <laughs> for this. So and you, you might... But an amazing thing in relation to the song, and people will know the line, of course, the NYPD choir were singing Galway Bay not something that's ever happened in reality until this exhibition. It's fantastic, yes. We reached out to the NYPD and they said, look, we, we've got a few retired officers with a bit of time on their hands and they're Irish. 
So, yeah, there is a wonderful new version. I played it the other day on Pat Kenny. We're doing the alternate Christmas songs thing up until Christmas Eve. Uh, and Pat loved it. But, yeah, there's a, a gang of, of, of seasoned NYPD retirees singing Galway Bay. That's extraordinary. That really is extraordinary. Uh, the uh, the exhibition runs until when, Stuart? Uh, till the end of January, at the very least. It may well uh, extend, but yeah, it's going to be there for the next sort of six weeks. It's a multimedia extravaganza, loads of stuff going on. Also, we have Imelda May, who came in just the other day to say some beautiful words after Shane passed away. And also, very importantly, Siobhan McGowan, his sister, who's, who's a wonderful lady, a fine novelist in her own right, but there's so much mythology about Shane, and a lot of it is true and, mm. and not exaggerated, but she gives a really intimate idea about his upbringing, what he was like as a brother. He was a fantastic brother to her. And again, it really humanises Shane and makes you realise what made him tick. Yeah, it's called They Gave the Walls a Talk and you can get uh, your tickets on uh, the Epic website. Uh, Stuart, thanks a million. Stuart Clark, their Deputy Editor of Hot Press. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.